0: Do you have a mortgage or are going to get one in the near future? Are you worried about how rising interest rates are impacting your situation? This episode's for you. I'm Galen Nuttall and this is the Clean Bill of Wealth podcast, where I explore the intersection of wealth and well-being, and I'm on a mission to support Canadian physicians to have less stress about money. Today I'm joined by Carlin Poole who is an independent mortgage agent, and she's going to clarify the impact of the changing rates and share with you what to track to make sure you've got the best mortgage for your situation. I'll also give you the details on how to join your, her free mortgage monitoring program, where she can keep an eye open for mortgage opportunities for you, so you don't have to. Let's listen in. Welcome to this episode of Clean Bill of Wealth. As always, I'm your host, Galen Nuttall, and today I am joined by a good friend of mine named Carlin Poole. Carlin is a mortgage uh, agent based out of uh, Prince Edward County, so near my, where I live in Belleville, Eastern Ontario, uh, and works with people across Ontario uh, to make sure they've got the best mortgage for, that works for them. And Carlin, also, uh, one thing that's important to know is Carlin works for a brokerage that has access to over 50 lenders. So definitely can do some looking to see uh, who's got the best uh, the best fit. And uh, welcome to the show, Carlin.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, for sure. And one of the things I mentioned before I hit record was um, you and I've known each other a really long time. Like I've only lived in Canada for 13 years, and I think we met like a year after I moved to Canada. So like one of the yeah. original peeps that I've known since I moved here. So that's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, so very, uh, very interested in talking about this because you we've had a few different Facebook lives over the last you know year or so. And I knew that I needed to it probably made sense to do a, a episode about mortgages considering that rates are changing so much right now. So very excited to dive into this conversation. Yeah, the rate
1: landscape has change drastically from a year ago a year and a half ago especially for sure
0: yeah so what we can look at is there's going to be people listening who are in different categories like some people who already have a mortgage some people who are looking to buy their first home as you know like a lot of the people who listen to my show are physicians that have unique challenges and potentially opportunities so one of the things i thought we could start with is like let's say someone's in a mortgage right now um You know, let's say they've had it for a couple of years. Um, Like what are are kind of the main things you're doing for people who who already have a mortgage or like, what are the main, like, are there certain um, key moments when you can come in and like help them do something?
1: Uh, Yeah. So I have a mortgage monitoring program where I monitor all of my clients' mortgages and I look for opportunities if there are any to save them some money. Uh, by making changes to their mortgages. Um, So that's one thing where I look out for my clientele. Another thing is people who are in mortgages now and and maybe they've had their, you know, they purchased five years ago, they're coming up for renewal this year. They're shocked at the rates that they're having to renew at. You know, in some cases, Mm -hmm. people are renewing at double their interest rate. Mm -hmm. Um, The last one is it's scary for a lot of people. It's disheartening for a lot of people. And that's where it's, you know, it's really important to be strategic with your mortgage and speak with a broker or an agent who understands this, you know, economic landscape Mm
2: -hmm. as much as
1: anyone can understand it Mm -hmm. uh, and sort of plan accordingly. So, you know, we can get strategic with um, term lengths. And of course, I'm always monitoring the mortgages anyway for other opportunities if they arise.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Very cool. So um, let's get like as specific as we can, I guess, with like uh, different scenarios. So let's say someone's in a mortgage right now. And uh, so they, let's say they've been locked in for... So I mean, there's, there's the whole thing of fixed versus variable. So we can maybe talk about that a little bit. But let's say someone's in a fixed mortgage right now, it's coming up for renewal. Um, what kind of things can, can you help them out with?
1: So one of the things is, well, everybody's individual and different. So we have the conversation of, you know, what are your financial goals? Is it paying off the mortgage as soon as possible? Or is that sort of further down on the priority list? So we, we have that conversation. I find out what their, their ultimate goal is what's most important to them. And then we, we plan the mortgage accordingly. Um, so a lot of people right now, because rates are so high, they're not comfortable renewing into another five-year fixed mortgage. So we're, we're doing a lot of shorter term sort of a two or three-year terms to ride out this economic instability we're all experiencing uh, and revisit interest rates in two or three years' time. Mm-hmm. So that that's one thing, one way we're, we're trying to combat <laughs> sort of what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that would be looking at fixed rates, variable rates are a whole other ball game right
0: now. Yeah. Well, I think it would be good. I mean, I like what you said around, like, it depends on what the client's goals are. And we talked a bit about this before I hit record of like, some people are very, um, you know, eager to pay off all debt and like a lot of, a lot of physicians I meet mean, have had a lot of debt. Most of them, Uh, student loans, and then, you know, a mortgage and things like that. And they've had the student loans hanging over them for so long that they're really excited to get rid of them. Um, And then sometimes the mortgage kind of gets lumped into that. But it really depends on the person, like how risk, how it's not risk averse, sorry, how um, uh, debt averse they are. And then, I mean, the one factor that I always bring into the equation is if someone is. Incorporated, I also help them figure out like, does it make sense to take extra money out of the corporation to pay off debt aggressively? Because the more money someone takes out of their corporation, the higher their personal tax rate gets. And so then it's like, you know, if someone's in the highest bracket, they're basically taking a dollar out, having 50 cents left to then pay off a mortgage. And I get that rates are higher than they used to be, um, but it's still, I run that number for people because it's like, you know, we—I don't want them to lose too much money to taxes in the in the journey of like trying to pay off debt faster.
1: And that's where you and I working together as a team works really, really mm-hmm. well because we can collaborate and sort of find that sweet spot for people if needed.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And so that's interesting that people are looking at shorter terms. I mean, I guess. What the hope then with a the shorter term would be that the rates would drop. So someone would say, oh, instead of locking in five years, I'm going to lock in two in the hopes that in two years, I can renew at a lower rate. Is that the main reason?
1: That's the main reason. Um, again, nobody has a crystal ball. Yeah, It's impossible to to guess what's going to happen. But um, looking back at, at history and inflation going up and down, whatever, it, sh- we anticipate rates to to not stay as high as they are right now yeah. Anticipate to drop by how much i don't know yeah uh, i hope a lot but <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, yeah so there's history. certainly i mean yeah so certainly there's pros and cons i mean there's there's and as you said no one has a crystal ball but if the best thing i mean i, I agree like one of the best things we can do is look at trends and history to get a sense of okay what's the most likely outcome even if we can't predict it and so, you know, in this case, it would be okay. Like interest rates historically um, have not been this high, you know, for a long time. So the idea would be that they would want to come down sooner or later. Um, and it's interesting because when I became an advisor back in 2013, rates were dropping, and I remember it was like the tail end of people who had locked in at that time considered high, which is like five percent. I remember meeting people who had like a couple of years left on a five percent mortgage. And we were like, "Oh, you could renew right now." I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was less than two. I think sometimes it was like 1.8 or something like that. Like, "Oh, you could renew right now," and it made sense for them even the, to pay the penalty to break. The, I mean, that's part of the issue, right? Is like if you end a mortgage too early, you have to pay a penalty. And I guess and usually, and uh, but we'd run those numbers, right? Of like, "Oh, did it make sense to break it to get into the lower rate for five years or whatever?"
1: Yes. So you just explained the mortgage monitoring program perfectly. And we saw a lot of that actually just two years ago when rates were, you know, 1.5, 1.7, like very, very low. Um, There was a lot of opportunity for people to break their fixed term mortgages and, you know, refinance at that way lower rate, even paying the penalty. Even sometimes the penalty was quite high and it was Mm -hmm. still... The math made sense, and it made more financial sense for them to break and renew at the lower rates. Um, So that was a lot of our business over the last couple of years. Now rates are a bit higher again, Um, so we'll ride that out. And and people renewing or purchasing right now at the higher rates, they're likely going to be opportunity for them to save down the line when rates drop again. So that's where you want somebody looking out for you and watching the market for opportunities and looking at your mortgage and saying okay you know is it worth is it worth breaking right now and and running those numbers for
0: you mm-hmm. Hey, we are one minute away from Carlin sharing more about the mortgage monitoring program with you. And really, it is awesome. If you don't like the idea of shopping the market at 40 different lenders and staying on top of interest changes for the next few years, and you like the idea of offloading that to someone else, then you should probably sign up. And one of the things I'm here to say is that how you approach your mortgage is part of a larger financial planning conversation. Whether you are going to get your first mortgage or whether you already have one, there's other big questions to answer at the same time. Like, should you be paying off debt quickly or not? Are you using your corporation effectively? And are you on track for your other big goals like being able to retire. These are all examples of questions that physicians have come to me with and I answer with a fee-based plan. So we've done this for hundreds of Canadians with corporations over the last 10 years, all the way from Vancouver to Halifax and everywhere in between. So if you'd like to know if I can help you answer your biggest financial planning questions, it all starts with one no-obligation phone call. So go to the link in the notes wherever you're listening to this show. Click on that link and you'll be able to pick a time that works for you, for me to call you, and have a conversation. And we'll see if I can help you answer those questions with a plan. If I can't, I'll tell you. And if I can, I'll let you know as well. It's all good. So be sure to click on that link, find out if the time is right for a fee-based plan for you, and now back to the show. So one thing we can do is we can talk a bit more about people who already have a mortgage, and then we can talk a little bit about people who are maybe um, doing a first time, uh, you know, first time home buyers and like what kinds of things can be done. Um, but like before we jump to that, you've talked about the mortgage monitoring program, and I wanted to dive into that um, a bit more. So um, what is it? Like who can who can benefit from it? Like does someone have to be your client to get that? Like if you just walk us through a bit of that.
1: Uh, Someone does not have to be my client. The people who can take part of this is anyone who has a mortgage. (laughs) All I need is the basic information from the mortgage statement. um, And I plug it into my nerdy spreadsheet Mm -hmm. (laughs) and watch for opportunities. Now, if it was a client of yours, Galen, uh, what I would do when there is an opportunity and I should preface this by saying, there is no confidential information shared, no names, addresses, nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything's done by numbers. So when there is an opportunity for somebody to save significant amounts of money, I would then reach out to you Galen and say, hey, client ID number 015 has an opportunity to save $30,000 over the next three years if they do X, Y, Z. and then you're able to turn around and let them know. And then it's the client's decision whether or not they want to go back to their original bank or broker, or if they want to discuss options further with me, mm-hmm. um, that, that's how we do it.
0: Oh, for sure. So that's good to know. So so anyone who's listening, um, so basically what you're offering is a free monitoring where if, if you know some simple information about the mortgage, you go in there and run the numbers. How How often do you run them?
1: Uh, every couple of months, every time there's changes, Yeah, every like,
0: time there's right changes. Now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, the cool thing is, so, so if you're listening to this and you say, Hey, I'd like the idea of someone who has access to a lot of lenders running the numbers every time there's a change to see if there's an opportunity, then just uh, send me an email at galen at caldwelladvisory.ca. ca. Okay, so quick thing, if you're like me, you're on the go listening to a podcast, you probably can't pull over or stop what you're doing and send me an email, so I'm going to make it easy for you. Just click on the link where you are listening to this podcast, and that will let me know that you are interested in being a part of the Mortgage Monitoring Program. If you're on my email list, you can obviously reply to any email I've sent you to do the same thing, but that'll be the easiest. Just click on the link uh, in the notes wherever you're listening to this podcast. And for full disclosure, Carlin and I don't have any sort of a referral arrangement where I get like, you know, 500 bucks or anything for every person she uses or a free toaster for every person she punches in there. Like this is literally just something I I like the idea of taking things off of busy people's plates that they don't like specialize in. So if you're too busy to monitor your own mortgage, which I know I am, um like you can send it on over to Carlin, which I have sent you my info cuz I'm like, "All right, Carlin, keep an eye out for my stuff, too." Yeah.
1: It's a nice service for you to be able to offer your clients, Galen, because you you monitor their assets, and it's yep. it's nice to be able to to sort of have a way of looking out for their debts as well and making sure they're in the best situation possible.
0: Yeah, for sure. Now, one of the things I wanted to dive into is you know physicians are in a unique position sometimes um, when it comes to either qualifying for a certain level of mortgage um, or qualifying for one at all. So, like. The traditional sort of mortgage approach is someone makes a salary, and then based on the salary they make, they can qualify for different types of mortgages, right, or different amounts or whatever. Now, with physicians, right. especially when they're getting started out or when they're incorporated, there's two things that can happen. One is uh, the physician, who, the physician who's just starting out, may have a potential to earn a high income, but doesn't have a lot of income history yet. Like if they're just moved from residency to practice, they don't have like that history there. Um, and then the other one is if someone's incorporated, sometimes they don't have a lot of T4 income and depending on how they're paying themselves, they don't have a lot of T4 income. So if you could talk a little bit about, you know, what can be done in those cases? Cause the traditional lender might look at that and say, oh, you're trying to get a house, but someone's just coming off of residency where they were making, you know, much less than they will as a physician. Like what can you do in those situations? Well,
1: there are lenders who offer specialized programs for physicians specifically in that exact situation. So just coming off of residency, just starting their practice, they're projected to earn X amount. Um, they do have specialized programs to help those people qualify for what they need to qualify for.
0: Very cool. And yes, I mean, I guess they, they just understand the reality of it. Like it's not quite so black and white of, well, you make this much yeah. and you need this much income history.
1: That's right. That's right. It's looked at with a little more um, common sense, I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then the other thing is around a physician who's incorporated and maybe not showing, because I know there's a formula, right? Like a formula for what people can qualify for. It's like how much you make, how much you owe, all this stuff. Um, So if a physician is paying themselves or a business owner for that matter, like anyone with a corporation might be paying themselves uh, something other than t They either may not be paying themselves a ton of T4 income to begin with, or they might be paying like dividends or some other form of income. So what can be done in those situations?
1: So in those situations, when the T4 income is lower than we need it to be, um, there are, again, specialized programs. They're called stated income programs where we can look at the business income as a whole and what the what the business makes and base qualification off of that rather okay. than just the
0: t yeah, because I have heard of people saying, um, and I can't remember if it was in the context of a mortgage, but I do remember someone saying like, oh, I'm going to need to pay myself more T4 income to qualify for something. And I remember saying, well, be sure to talk to a specialist before you do that, because you may not have to do that.
1: That's right. It's it's important before you start doing that, it's important to talk to somebody like myself um, to see what your options are and maybe the maybe you do need to pay yourself more T four income. I don't know. Every situation is so mm-hmm, different mm-hmm. and unique, um, you know. And if if that is the case, if more T four income is needed for whatever reason, then uh, we would collaborate with somebody like you or an accountant and, and make sure that person's not going to um, get raked over the coals tax wise at the end of the day. And, yeah, yeah, we're making the right moves.
0: Yeah, yeah, for I think you have
1: to be Very specific. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we want the net benefit to be positive <laughs> over any change that's made. Now, one question I have is: so, I mean, this is kind of interesting because, um, so my wife and I moved to Canada thirteen years ago, and we bought our first home. Uh, well, we owned a, we owned down in Venezuela, but mortgage mortgages in Venezuela were very different ball So I won't even go into that. But um, like they they only came out like it was like like once a year. Every bank would allow people to get mortgages. Like it was really weird. Like it was a very different. You had to like know when they were available like you had to kind of like have an ins the inside scoop so um, right. yeah no it was, it was very strange so when we moved to canada that was when we first had to do the whole mortgage thing now one of the things that we thought at the time was that we went directly to a bank because we thought oh we're going to go to a bank they're going to give us a mortgage and we didn't want to go to a um a broker, because we thought, oh, like this is something that I always thought of brokers before I started really understanding this. I was like, oh, I don't want to go to a broker because I thought that brokers would charge a fee to do the work of looking around. Like, for example, when I get home and in auto insurance, when we first moved to Canada, I went straight to a bank because I said, oh, I don't want to go to a broker because they're going to charge me money to like shop the market for me. Same thing with the mortgage. I was like, I don't want to go to a broker. So like, is that, that's just like not how it works, right? Uh,
1: in most cases, no. In some cases, yes but in most cases, no, we are paid uh, basically a commission by the lender once the mortgage closes. So the client is not out of pocket any money. Um, in unique situations where somebody needs alternative lending, there may be a small fee charged, uh, but that person is usually happy to pay that because mm. they're not able to lending anywhere else. Um, you know, so for some people they're happy to pay a very small fee if it means being able to purchase their home rather than continuing to rent. Um, But in most cases, no, there's no fees to work an agent or a broker. There's nothing, there's no premium tacked onto the interest rate. There's nothing extra that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which is really, I think it's important to know. I mean, part of me wonders, Oh, does everyone already know that? But I certainly didn't know it when I started shopping for different things like insurance and mortgage and all that. I, I, I just assumed that if I went to some person whose job that was, I thought, oh, they're going to like have to charge for that. Otherwise, like how would they make money? So that's good to know. But, but um, a
1: lot of people think that. A lot of people think that. And on my discovery call, I I try to remember to tell everybody because sometimes I'm doing discovery calls with first-time homebuyers who, who really, they don't know. There's no way they would know because they've never done this process before. So I am um, careful to... To make sure people do know, there's no nothing extra out of pocket.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that's very good to know. And you know, I thought it could it could work to like maybe if there's I know the rates have been changing a lot lately, so like the opportunities are changing as rates are changing. But would you be able to give like a real life example of someone recently for whom you ran some numbers and like what what opportunity there was for them?
1: There's been lots.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, the most significant. One recently, we were able to save these clients. They were in a a variable rate mortgage, which they entered when variable rates were in the basement. You know, mm-hmm. so they initially mm-hmm. out paying, you know, one point whatever percent. So it was great for a long time until variable rates skyrocketed, and then all of a sudden, um, their <laughs> mortgage payment had almost doubled, and it was challenging for them. Um, we refinanced them put them in a a shorter term fixed rate mortgage save them uh worked out to be thirty six thousand dollars over the over the next three years so it's it a significant amount of savings monthly and um over the coming years
0: so mm-hmm.
1: definitely for them to uh to make that switch
0: no that's really good to know because like i know that when i became an advisor like people would say oh variable or fixed and for the most part, variable at that point in time was making more sense. It was like, oh, it makes more sense to do variable because this, that, and the other. Um, but I think that it's probably more complex of a conversation at this point in time uh, with actual changing interest rates because when I became an advisor, interest rates were pretty stable and or dropping all the time. So there wasn't yeah. like this whole, you know, like debate. But yeah, is that, would you say that there's more? you know, looking at the difference between variable and um, fixed, like it's, it's a, you have to look a bit closer maybe than in the past?
1: It's a conversation I have a lot. So if you look historically backwards, um, eight times out of 10, if you went variable rate with your mortgage, you're going to save the most amount of interest. You know, it, it just often worked out that way. Um, now we're in a really, we just came through a pandemic. Uh, we're in a really unique and different sort of situation now um with inflation with you know the rates trying to the way they are trying to bring down and rein in that inflation um i'm very very hesitant to place anybody in a variable rate mortgage right now um because of what has transpired over the last year so uh it's um and and to be honest not a lot of people are asking for variable rate mortgages Mm because But yeah, it's a it's a conversation we have every single time when somebody is expressing interest in variable rate mortgages. We do a deep dive into okay, (laughs) you know the type of borrower they are, their financial situation. What are the pros? What are the cons?
0: Yeah, that's good to know because that that was a similar thing that I at the time was saying. Oh yeah, like 80% of the time, it makes more sense to have a variable. And now is like sounds like this might be one of those 20% of the times where you have to, have to make sure you take a better look than just kind of going with the default of what worked in the past.
1: Absolutely. So, I mean, you can think of um, a football game. You know how a football game has four quarters mm-hmm. and you've got variable versus fixed. These, these are your football teams. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you may not win every quarter with the variable rate team. If that was your team that you're cheering for, you may not win every quarter, but eight times out of 10, you're going to win the game. Um, mm. We're in this football game right now where variable rate is losing this quarter.
0: Yeah, I like it. I like, uh, I, I you did not go so far down the analogy that I couldn't follow because I'm not much of a football guy, but I get the four quarters versus the game. Uh, so totally.
1: I'm not a 40 person either, but uh, I've used that analogy with, you know, clients who are and
0: helps to click things home sometimes no definitely i definitely i get it totally like the average over the the game so to speak the variable is going to win but also looking at quarter by quarter of what's going to make more sense so yeah that's 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 very cool very cool very cool so one so i mean we've talked about the mortgage um monitoring program um well let's talk a little bit more directly about like what does it look like um for so first off what kind of information would you need from someone when they want to have their information in the mortgage monitoring program?
1: So the basic information you can find on your mortgage statement, um, rate, the amount owing. Um, it's, it's helpful for me to know the value of the home today, roughly, um, the term length and renewal date. So, you know, it's just the basic info that's typically on a mortgage statement.
0: Okay. What does it look like for someone to move? Like, let's say someone does, you know, talk to you, you show them the pros and the cons, you know, the, the variables and they end up saying, okay, this does make sense. Like let's move kind of like these clients you talked about where you saved over $30,000. Um, not that that's a guarantee that you'll be able to do that for everyone, but if at the end of the day, that makes sense, what does it look like for someone to move a mortgage? Uh,
1: like move from their current lender. Yeah. Um, well it depends. So I have access to a lot of different lenders. So if somebody likes their lender and they want to stay with them, and if it's a lender I have access to, we can stay with that lender. Um, if if the savings are there with that lender, if, you know, that lender is not offering the greatest rates or whatever, mm-hmm. um, to switch lenders, it typically, it's like getting a new, it's a new mortgage, basically. So you're mm-hmm. going through this... Um, I will ask for some financial information. Um, you do have to qualify for it and we, we take you to a different lender.
0: Okay. Very cool. Okay. I didn't, so let's say someone likes the lender they're with and wants to stay with it. They could technically work with you even staying at the same lender, potentially, if it made sense.
1: Potentially. Yeah.
0: Very cool. I didn't know that. And, um, and if it doesn't make sense, then you can find them another company that, that it does make sense that's right. Very cool. Okay. And then what about a new home buyer? Like, um, I mean, I don't want to get too much into the nitty gritty, but like, what does it look like for someone who's um, buying their new home? Like when they sit down and meet with you, like, so what are some, what are like the steps to to doing all that?
1: So initially we have a very brief five, 10 minute discovery call where we talk about um, goals, timeline, where they're looking to buy, what they're looking to buy, and just sort of a general conversation. So I can get a sense of who they are as a borrower and what their goals are. Um, I then have people fill out a pretty straightforward mortgage application and supply me with some financial documents, some pay stubs, C4s, whatever, that, whatever the case may be. Uh, I then underwrite their mortgage application fully. So I sort of pre-qualify them, shop around, see what, you know, who would have the best Fits, what lender what program um, and then we we have another conversation again where we meet and discuss all the options I do a really thorough spreadsheet where we look at hard numbers interest rates term lengths down payment amounts whatever it may be we look at all the variables play with the numbers find the the sweet spot for that person so that they can turn around and, and they know exactly what they're shopping for and at what price point and what that's going to look like as a monthly payment moving forward.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I like the idea of the spreadsheet of like, you know, really looking at the numbers and the pros and the, you know, really getting a feel for the options uh, with hard numbers is very, obviously very appealing.
1: Yeah. Especially for first-time buyers who haven't purchased before. um, And they're out looking at $600,000 homes. That's what they're shopping for. What does that look like as a, as a monthly payment? um that's really really important to know are you going to be house poor you got to know you don't want to be house poor so we we plan for all of that so that people are um they know what they're very very comfortable with but it really it clears the fog and takes away the gray and it's very black and white and and it makes home shopping a lot easier
0: yeah knowing definitely knowing that monthly amount is is super important like i remember when we bought our first home like at the beginning, you know, we probably got into a home that was a bit bigger than we needed. <clears throat> so I always tell people, like, really try to see if you can stay. I mean, whatever. Right now is crazy. Like, it's a whole different world than it was 13 years ago, as far as prices and sizes and everything. But I think at the end of the day, what I've learned is I can get away with a smaller home than I realized. Like once I have once I own it, it's kind of like, oh, I didn't necessarily need all this room. <laughs> but um, obviously, like the more important thing is to is to make sure that you're not like hurting to 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 take stay on top of the mortgage payments every month, which a big part of it obviously is like the size of the, uh, you know, how much are you borrowing to buy the home in the first place, which I will say, like, I get that right now, like it is what it is. Like if someone wants to own a home, um, they have to take on, you know, a lot of people are having to take on a lot of a large mortgage to be able to do that.
1: That's right. Yeah. Gone are the days of <laughs> buying a $170,000 home. Yeah. Uh, right now, but, yeah.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I remember when we so we moved, we changed homes in 2017, I think, and there were so like where I live in Belleville, there were like lots of homes in like the 200. Like between 200 and 220 in the neighborhood that we ended up in.
1: And very nice homes for 200.
0: And that's totally not the case. I don't know how much they are now, but I assume they're about double than what they were (laughs) like in 2017, uh, which is a bummer for people who are are getting started out. But as you mentioned, there are some strategies to like count on, you know, to look at, you know, okay, you know, without having a crystal ball, but like what are the things you can do to lock in certain things to like make the most of uh, interest rates? Um, when they start, when they do start dropping again.
1: That's right. You can, there are ways to be strategic with your borrowing.
0: Very cool. Awesome. Well, this was very helpful. I'm glad we had a chance to talk about um, this. It's uh, kind of something I haven't, not that I haven't thought about it, but it's been, I've been very much in this sort of like, well, there's nothing you can do right now anyway, sort (laughs) of phase with all the rising interest rates. But then when you reached out to me about the mortgage monitoring program, I was like, okay, this is cool. Because if you're doing that for people, I mean, this is something that might take a while to, you know, it might be a while before certain people can make the most of changing. But if you're on top of it, you can let them know as soon as possible.
1: I would love it if my, um, you know, my brokerage for the, mm-hmm. my car insurance and insurance, I would love it if they reached out to me and said, hey, just so you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we can save you money if you do this, this, and this. Or just so you know, you're in the best situation possible. Like that would be very reassuring to me. So I'm trying to provide that for my mm-hmm. mortgage client.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I've I've never had anyone like from a mortgage standpoint or insurance, like insurance standpoint, reach out to me to let me know something I could be doing different. So if you're doing that for people, that's amazing. And I know that like, you know, as an, uh, like I've known you long enough and we've worked together long enough to know that you're going to do the right thing for people. Like you're not going to try to get someone to break a mortgage just because you're going to benefit from it. Like it doesn't make sense to do that. And I know that you wouldn't, which is awesome.
1: And I, I'm the, I'm more than happy if, if people want to go back to their original agent or broker or bank or whoever, uh, with the information I provide them. Um, I just think that's, that's good karma. I'm fine with that. <laughs>
0: Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Thanks so much. Um, Yeah. So definitely everyone, if you're, if you want your mortgage being monitored, reach out and uh, get Carlin working on it.
1: Wonderful.
0: Thanks so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you very much.
0: If you think joining the mortgage monitoring program is a good idea, I certainly think it is. I'm joining it myself. Go ahead and click on the link wherever you've listened to this podcast to be able to let me know that you'd like to be a part of it. Now, if you'd like to know more about fee-based planning, be sure to click on the other link in this description to also find out more about if you are a good fit for a fee-based plan. Thanks so much for listening to the show. See you on the next one.